Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the storied history of our two favorite chipmunks, Chip and Dale. Yes, we are. So this past weekend, the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie premiered on Disney+. Plus. We'll be talking about that, our thoughts, at the end of this episode, so that way if you haven't seen it, uh, we won't spoil anything for you, but we're going to go through the history of Chippendale when they first made their appearance through some of the changes they've had throughout the years all the way up to the new Rescue Rangers movie. So you can enjoy that portion of it and wait you know, until you actually see the Rescue Rangers movie to kind of hear us talk about it and our thoughts on that at the end of the episode here. But before we get into Chip and Dale, I want to discuss the Disney news of the week. So Pixar released some concept art and a brief uh, plot description about their new movie coming out next year called Elemental. And the description of it is, is the film journeys alongside an unlikely pair, Ember and Wade, in a city where fire, water, land, and air <laughs> residents live together. I just got the names, Ember and Wade, because Wade through water, yep. Ember, because she's yeah, so, a yep. fire. So one's fire, yeah. yep. The fiery young woman and the go-with-the-flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much they actually have in common. So this is Pixar's next movie in their you know, storied history of what if blank had emotions or what if blank was alive. So in this case, the blank is the elements. So they're saying, you know, what if fire, water, air, what if they had emotions? What if they were alive? So the concept art, um, yeah, is interesting. You have Ember, uh, a fire character, and Wade, who's water. Uh, and so it sounds like it's going to be about, yeah, kind of like opposing forces who think they have nothing in common and kind of realizing that they there's a lot of uh, commonality between us all, even though we may appear different. I think this movie has great lessons. I think it'll be wonderful for kids because I can see it just being something that tells them to get along with people who aren't like themselves. Yeah, it's definitely another high concept Pixar movie that yeah, has the opportunity to have a really impactful lesson to it. So definitely excited to learn more about this and see when this comes out next year. Disney announced over the theme parks that Genie Plus uh, at Walt Disney World will no longer be available for pre-purchase starting June 8th. So if you've already pre-purchased it for an upcoming trip uh, past that, you will still have it. But uh, going forward, you will not be able to pre-purchase it. You will have to buy it day of, one day at a time. And they also noted that it is now subject to availability. So I think this is going to be frustrating for a lot of people because, you know, the whole idea with fast passes and with Genie Plus is that you can buy it ahead of time. You can buy it for your whole trip. You don't have to worry about it when you're there. And now they're going back to you got to get up at 7 a.m. You have to buy it. You can only buy it one day at a time. And I feel like it's going to add a lot more stress to people's trips and planning that they're making this change. But I think the fact that it's subject to availability is maybe there's there's too many people using it and they're trying to manage that uh, on a on a day-to-day basis. So it, it seems like an odd change and I, I'm interested to see what the reaction is because I do think it's probably going to be uh, more negative for it. But I think maybe the people that buy it, now that there's maybe less people using it, there'll be uh, more opportunities to use more attractions in a given day. I, I don't feel like this makes a whole lot of sense because, I mean, they have to know, again, generally what their attendance is going to be for the day and how many people that they are allowing to use D- Disney or Genie Plus. So I don't really understand why they can't just say, okay, well, we will release a certain number of these ahead of time, at least allow people to pre-purchase them, but maybe we also hold back 
And that way, if there's a fluctuating number or something that we're not really anticipating, we don't have to sell the rest of them or it's an undisclosed amount and you can continue to get up at like, you know, 7 a.m. to purchase it if you wanted to. But yeah, this seems like something, I mean, maybe they are trying to work with a customer satisfaction issue, but it seems like, yeah, for people who like to plan ahead of time and want to ensure they're going to have a good trip, this seems like something that's a no brainer. Like you wouldn't want to make this change. It seems like Disney is still really trying to figure this out. It, it's really yeah. interesting. They've, they've been making so many changes with Genie Plus of what's available on Genie Plus versus Lightning Lane. Now this change of you have to buy it one day at a time, which is another thing. So if you're going for a week and you want to use Genie Plus every day, you have to get up every day and purchase it individually. You can't just buy it ahead of time. It really seems like Disney should have just done and they still have the opportunity to go back to if they want to just have paid fast pass just yeah. keep the old system that you could make three fast pass selections 60 days or 90 days before your trip started and then you knew what you were going to do you didn't have to worry about it day of and you know once you use those three you could make them one at a time after that just go back to that and charge the $15 a day that's genie plus because then everybody knows they're guaranteed yeah. three rides. It's all booked ahead of time. They don't have to worry about you know, constantly being on your phone about availability. And if you wanted to do Lightning Lane on top of that, fine. But it really seems like that they've overcomplicated a system that wasn't necessarily broken. Yeah, exactly. You know, they could have just, again, like how Disneyland had Max Pass, which was essentially paid Fast Pass. You know, just just do that. You still get still get the money, the revenue you get from it, but it seems like it's a much simpler process. So again, there's still time for them to do that. Maybe they'll eventually do that. But yeah, this seems like a, a very odd change for them. Along with that, they also announced that Walt Disney World vacation packages for 2023 will go on sale June 8th. Uh, and with the announcement is that the early park entry for resort guests will continue all through 2023. I kind of think that will stay permanent until you know, they decide to change it and just kind of rebrand it again. But so you'll continue to get uh, in a half an hour early if you stay on property all through 2023. And then finally, according to Variety, so Marvel or Disney have not confirmed this yet, but according to Variety, Marvel is working on a Daredevil series for Disney+. Plus. So this would be the first Netflix Marvel show that is moving over to Disney Plus. There's been rumors of this for a long time because Daredevil's the most popular. Daredevil is starting to show up. Daredevil characters are starting to show up in the other Marvel properties. So I think this makes a lot of sense. I'm very excited about this because I love Daredevil. I think it sounds like it may be a continuation of the series. I'm sure they will have to tone down the violence yeah. in order to get it to fit on Disney Plus. But it is very exciting to have that character back in the fold. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is the best example of the Marvel shows that appeared on Netflix, I think that all like the characters are lovable and you want we're rooting for them. I think that Wilson Fisk is a fantastic bad guy. You fear him, you respect him, you kind of love him a little bit. So I, I think that it's just a really solid property for them to actually bring into the fold and actually utilize. Completely agree and definitely looking forward to this. Uh, again, hopefully... This gets officially confirmed sometime soon. Um, but for now, I mean, Variety is reporting on it, that they've hired writers and they're actively working on it. So I have to imagine um, that's as pretty good as a confirmation as we're going to get for right now. All right, so let's move on to our main topic. So talking about, like I said, our favorite chipmunks, Chip and Dale are definitely the best meet and greet, I think, next to Mickey uh, <laughs> in the parks. Always love um, meeting Chip and Dale. They're just so fun and they just portray the character so well. And it doesn't matter 
what park you're in, where you see them. They have just like that fun-loving persona uh, to them. And like I said, besides Mickey, I think they're definitely my favorite meet-and-greet character. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that besides Mickey and Donald, I think that Mickey and Donald are up there because all of them, you know, Mickey, you just always enjoy seeing Mickey. Donald and Chippendale also, there's a certain level of um, mischievousness that there is included with those characters, you know, with with a good Donald, you can get that as well, and kind of the attitude that Donald has with with um, Chip and Dale, you can they play off of each other really well. Yeah, you're definitely a big Donald fan. I so love Donald. You, so Duck. you love 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 Donald. He was a little uh, rude to me last time because I told him I like Goofy <laughs> better than him. So I, I guess I get. I it, mean, but you insulted him to his face. I mean, I wanted to be honest with him, but yeah. So I definitely. <laughs> Love Chippendale though. So so yeah, they actually have a, a very like storied history. They go back pretty far into you know the 1940s is actually when they first showed up. Uh, and and like many of these other Disney characters that started as you know kind of side characters like Spike the Bee, which we did an episode on Spike the Bee. Go check that out. They changed kind of styles throughout time. So they they originally came in I believe it was 1943. Yeah, they were originally drawn for a Pluto short called Private Pluto by Bill Justice, and this one aired in 1943. So uh, a little bit about Bill Justice. Bill Justice, like you kind of mentioned before, he's known for uh, a couple different characters, Chip and Dale, of course, and then he also did Thumper and Spike the Bee, which we know from that previous episode that we did. And then also, you know, he went on in his career, he redesigned character costumes for Disney parks. He also joined the Imagineering program and worked on different features for Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, and Country Bear Jamboree. So, I mean, he contributed in a lot of different areas for Disney. Yeah, and he kind of followed along the path of a lot of the other great animators at that time. Like, th- those great animators were the first Imagineers. Mm-hmm. It was like, if you were really good at animation and, you know, you Walt liked you, he's like, come yeah. on, we're, we're doing this other thing. And that's how the first Imagineers you know, came about. So yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, another animator here designing iconic characters, then moving into the theme parks and designing things for iconic theme park rides. Yeah, exactly. And so um, he also, if you're interested in him, you know, we don't talk about him a whole lot, but he actually wrote a book called Justice for Disney. So if you wanted to know more about him, that would be a really cool place to find out more. And according to him, and there's some debate about this, but according to him and his autobiography, he envisioned them as uh, brothers. Yeah, so this is probably one of the biggest questions. Yeah, it's a point of contention. With... Uh, you know, fans of Chippendale is whether they're brothers, whether they're not brothers. So Disney has never really confirmed one way or the other, whether they're brothers or not. So like you mentioned, you know, Bill Justice envisioned them as brothers, uh, you know, animated them, you know, used them as brothers. I think a lot of people think they're brothers just in the way they interact with each other, how they're always together. If you see the new Rescue Rangers movie, this really isn't a spoiler, but they are not brothers in that movie. And I think there's a lot of people upset about that, that they're yeah. not brothers because people think they are brothers. So this is definitely a point of contention. But yeah, it's definitely interesting that, you know, he sees them as brothers. And this the, the first short that they were in, you know, the private Pluto. And, and again, how a lot of these like side characters started is they are antagonists for the characters we love. So right. and how, you know, Spike the Bee antagonized Donald Duck in his first short. You have Chip and Dale antagonizing Pluto in his short. So in this cartoon, it's during the wartime, 1943. So, you know, Pluto is private Pluto. He's in the army or something. And 
he is trying to, you know, do it, go about his job. And he finds out that these two chipmunks have basically made their hiding spot for their acorns inside of a cannon. So there's a big kind of fight about that. He's trying to do his job. They're trying to keep their spot. And the interesting thing about this cartoon is actually they look exactly the same. There's absolutely no differentiating features, characteristics, or anything about the two chipmunks. They essentially look like chipmunks that would appear in uh, like Snow White. They are just like beautiful little woodland creatures yeah and that's what i was going to get into is is their first introduction here they do not look like the chippendale we know today so while chippendale you know today do look similar they do have some differentiation you know characteristics but in in this first the person who can't tell them apart until recently hey i know one's (laughs) chip and i know one's dale i may not know which which one's which which one's which oh i'm gonna really put you on the spot maybe destroy your credibility i'm gonna say chip has the red nose are you are you trying are you trying to goof on me dale has the red nose are you sure i'm gonna say it's chip has the red nose no it's dale dale has the red nose i know one of them has red nose but that's beside the point here i know one's one you're a travesty so (laughs) the good part is they're always together so you can say hey it's chip and dale you don't have to know which one's which, but that's beside the point. But in this case, I am shaking my head vehemently at him. In this case, though, they looked exactly the same because, again, I don't think probably initially when they were drawn, when they were including this cartoon, they were meant to be long lasting. Yeah, these long lasting characters. So it takes a couple cartoons, and it's interesting. You know, over the next few cartoons, they become main characters and they do start to see kind of the differentiation so angela because i cannot tell them apart (laughs) i will let you describe the changes that happen so that people can tell them apart okay so as we mentioned they start off and they are instigating issues with pluto and this continues for two more cartoons where they are essentially doing what chipmunks do which is living in places storing their acorns in places people might not want them or dogs in this case might not want them and this causes issues with pluto and mickey and then eventually they kind of move to the one that you know is the most fun to antagonize donald so you know they're always defending their property so basically get three of the fab five right and <laughs> out of the way there. yeah i was gonna say for the most part it's not mickey it's just there's one cartoon where i think that they're i can't remember exactly but they move into like mickey's cabin or something and so okay. pluto is trying to do something mickey's not really like a mickey's key. there he's yeah there. he's there he's there but they're kind of getting pluto in trouble because he's trying to take care of the, the issues. Um, I think they moved into like a wood burner is what it was. So okay. I think now it's coming back to me. I watched a bunch of these cartoons, but yeah, so this is pretty fun. So they start to look different though by the third cartoon. So this one is Chip Chip and Dale. So And it's Chip A-N apostrophe Dale. And that was in 1947. So Dale now has his trademark teeth. And, you know, Joe, maybe you would like to describe what Dale's trademark teeth look like. Yeah, I could definitely describe a lot of the personality traits of Dale here uh, because they're in the show notes in front of me. So Dale... trademark teeth are gapped uh, and stick out and also his nose is bigger but it's not red yet i should have read ahead and then i would have known you should have read ahead. yeah that, the red <laughs> nose i didn't read far enough ahead in the notes um but so so he's starting to get the, those personality traits and this is where his personality starts to deviate too uh more from chip so chip is definitely the more calculating kind of high strung one 
Dale is much more like laid back and aloof. They kind of play him as like the dopey brother, you know, kind of sidekick. And this is where we start to see that in the third cartoon. By the fourth cartoon uh, in 1948, it was called Breakfast for Three. This is really where they have their, their basically their modern look. It's kind of locked in. It has not changed uh, much from then. This is where Dale gets his red nose finally. <laughs> I feel this, like we're talking about Rudolph or something this, here. <laughs> this really would have helped. I read these notes beforehand too and still could not remember that Dale had the red nose. I, I should have read ahead. It, 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 was, it was good though. I uh, made, made for good podcasting. I should have read ahead here. But yeah, so by, by 1948, they kind of are cemented into their signature look, but they do not get their own cartoon. Um, so again, they're, you know, they're in cartoons, like we talked about antagonizing Donald, Pluto, but it is not until the 12th cartoon that they're in that they are officially main characters, and this is in 1951. So it kind of takes them eight years to evolve into the characters we know today and cement themselves as main characters and their own cartoon, and that was entitled Chicken in the Rough. In this cartoon, they're not antagonizing anyone but the funny conceit of this is there is a rooster try waiting for his chicks to hatch while the and the hen is on top of the eggs well she moves off for a second and dale goes in and one of the chicks hatches and essentially um i think he tries to like put her back in but basically he ends up in the egg and the trying to hide from the rooster because then it Wait, realizes Dale ends up in the egg he ends up in the egg okay. puts pieces it back together and realizes oh no if i hatch from this thing it's gonna look real weird that a chipmunk is coming out of this egg so it's pretty cute it's a cute cartoon and are all of these on disney plus are, are these available on disney plus or are they okay. youtube i i google searched all of these okay there is a website and i cannot remember it off the top of my head but there's a website that stores like a bunch of these old cartoons and i use that for almost everything um if you go on to like the disney wiki there's links and i think the links take you to the the website but yeah it was fantastic because it has all of these old cartoons on there i did not watch them on disney plus although they could be there we have to look i mean let us know if any of our listeners know if these old cartoons are on disney plus uh, we'd love to know. Send us a message on Facebook. We're Enchanted Ears over on Facebook. But yeah, because I, I think if they're not on Disney Plus, it's definitely a missed opportunity to have this kind of fullback catalog on there. I'm sure some of these are on here. I mean, they have to be, especially Probably. like the old like you know Mickey cartoons like Steamboat Willie. But like this is the type of stuff. It's like yeah, I'd love to go back and just be able to watch these because these cartoons. The thing about these, they weren't long either. I mean, these no. are. You know, a lot of these shorts, I think, are like seven, ten minutes. Like, you could probably burn through the whole history of Chip and Dale pretty quickly. It's really interesting to go back and watch these because I didn't realize how funny some of these old Disney cartoons were because I grew up watching Looney Tunes and they were, you know, pretty hilarious where you have the slapstick humor and the characters running into misfortunes and or having little disagreements that causes like a funny scenario. And I, it's funny to see that Disney was doing this too, even though I'd never seen this. Yeah. And they were, you know, a, around the same time. So, I mean, they were, you know, competing animation studios right. in the, you know, thirties and forties. So it makes sense that they were, you know, kind of doing similar things, you know, actually Looney Tunes uh, was inspired by Walt Disney's silly symphonies. And Aww. so it, it kind of came off of that. So, you know, obviously, you know, Walt Disney's you know the big player in animation so uh but yeah but you don't you don't think of kind of Disney cartoons like you said like that like the slapstick 
you know, kind of comedy that it was, I think, back originally in the, in the 30s and 40s. Um, they don't right. do that as much. I think the new Mickey cartoons are kind of getting back, get back to, that to that and everything. Yeah. But yeah, you don't really think of it that way. And throughout the years, a lot of different people have voiced Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale both had uh, female office staff voice them. They were uncredited. Uh, for some of the voicing, but Chip had been voiced by uh, Jimmy McDonald, Norma Swank Haviland, Billy Bletcher, Ann Lloyd, Helen Silbert, Gloria Wood, Robbie Lester, Terry York, Tress McNeil, and then in the movie, it's John Mulaney. And Dale's been voiced by Desi Miller, Billy Bletcher again, so he was doing both of the, their voices at various points, and Lloyd again. Gloria Wood, Robbie Lester, Tara York, Corey Burton, Tress McNeil, and Andy Samberg. So some of the time, some of the times, the same person was doing the voice for both of them, and it's very interesting. It was kind of when I was looking this up, it was kind of hard to track because sometimes it would say, "Oh, this person provided the voice from here to here," um, and then it kind of seemed like they were doing one character, but then sometimes they provided the voice for both characters. So it's kind of an interesting thing going on there. But another common thing is I think some of those original voices that they were also sped up. And it's interesting that Chip and Dale have both been characters that do not speak. I mean, they speak their own language and characters that speak. So depending on, you know, in Rescue Rangers... Yeah, that sped up kind of chipmunk yeah, that, voice. Yeah. Um, so... They have that a lot of times in the old cartoons, but also, but in Rescue Rangers, they speak and talk to each other, and we can hear them. And in this latest movie, they also talk clearly that we can hear them. And they kind of made fun of, I think, the, their voice. Uh, in yeah, they the do the spin up voice, yeah, in the movie yeah. as well. So, past the shorts, uh, once they kind of became main characters, they were in 23 short films between uh, in total between 1943 and 1956. Um, the shorts film division closed. Uh, but Chippendale continued from 56 uh, to 1962 in a series of comics issued by the Dell Comic Book Company. And then Gold Key, which became Whitman, also ran a volume two of that. this from 1962 to 1984. And some of these old comic books, you can go on eBay and get them for like $10, which I was surprised by. Um, so, you know, if this is something that you're interested in or owning a little piece of Disney history, uh, you can go and get that yourself. Throughout the years since that, you know, obviously they showed up in Disneyland when it opened. They made some cameos in films like Mickey's Christmas Carol in 1983. Uh, they were supposedly supposed to be in Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 1988, but their scene was cut, which is interesting because their current uh, Rescue Rangers movie is very much seen as a spiritual successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So it's interesting that they were supposed to be in that movie. And there was a cameo. Uh, but, their, but their scene got cut there. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing they're known for, what a lot of people know them for, is the Rescue Rangers TV series, uh, which debuted in 1988. It ran for three seasons, uh, 60 plus episodes. Uh, and this is when, like you said, Chip and Dale, they are talking and they are detectives out helping people. They're dressed like Indiana Jones, essentially Magnum P.I. <laughs> uh, and they yeah. kind of have a crew with them uh, going around helping people. So the thing that's interesting about this is originally the man who pitched this show, Tad Stones, he wanted to star a mouse who resembled Indiana Jones. And CEO Michael Eisner suggested, well, hey, we have Chip and Dale. Why don't we use them? Because they're already established characters. And so they pulled them out. Then they created mouse characters around them. So it's kind of an interesting thing. And those other characters would be Gadget, Hackwrench, and Monterey Jack, and then also Zipper the Fly. And I'm going to move past those characters because what they do in the new movie with those characters is just insane. 
<laughs> and disturbing. So yeah, you uh, we'll talk about this later at the end. Pretty interesting in the kind of conceit of the, sh- the show is that Chip and Dale are detectives and they kind of deviate from their normal characters because before this, again, they were anta- like antagonizing your main characters and now they're actually helping people. They help the less fortunate you know, and they help to you know, solve crimes. So this is a really interesting take on them. And I, I, I think it was really popular. I remember watching it as a kid. It was a really good show. And it's kind of funny. It, this is part of what the new movie was about too, where it was kind of saying they were having success and doing well and they canceled the show. And so I, I don't know, I, I have to go back and watch this show again, because I think it seems really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I said. I think a lot of people, especially our age, remember them from that because in the early 90s, that was a very popular show. And I imagine it is going to be more popular now because people are probably going back and revisiting it, like you said. Of, yep. Hey, it's been a while. I remember that. I want to go back and, and check that out. And that's kind of you know back in everybody's mindset, uh, thanks to the new movie. Uh, and then through the rest of the 90s and the 2000s, you know, they obviously pop up in a lot of different places. For instance, they made a cameo in 1998, uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. They were in the Kingdom Hearts uh, series. They uh, had in 2017 some made-for-TV shorts called Chip and Dale Nutty Tales. Uh, then in 2021, Disney Plus started a new uh, animated series. This is Chip and Dale Park Life. Uh, this was from the French Animation Studio. So these are seven-minute shorts. Again, these are kind of more in that slapstick style, very much like the new uh, Mickey shorts. So kind of following on that trend, You know, the new Mickey shorts being very popular. And it features other characters like Pluto. Uh, and, and Donald Duck in those as well. And then you know, moving up to the present, getting into the new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. One thing, Angela, you found out, I did not realize this. I remember when they announced the movie on the Investor's Day in 2019 that this was happening. The movie was actually in development going back all the way to 2014. Uh, Disney had announced that they were working on a live-action film based on the Rescue Rangers. It was originally supposed to be conceived as an origin story for the Rescue Rangers. They worked on it. It, you know, kind of, I guess, got stuck in, you know, production. It wasn't, you know, maybe what they wanted. Uh, And then in 2019, they, you know, kind of announced this new reimagining of it, of this hybrid, uh, you know, live action movie with John Mulaney as Chip and Andy Samberg as Dale and kind of bringing them together. And that's what we got debuted on Disney Plus this past weekend. So let's jump into that movie. So again, we, we may talk some spoilers here. So if you haven't seen it, we'll try to you know, not talk, uh, you know, give too much away here, but, but kind of giving our thoughts uh, on the movie. So if you've not seen it uh, and you maybe want to you know, skip ahead past this uh, until you see it, that's fine. Again, try not to give too much away. But this is a very meta movie in the fact yes. that it is not an origin story for the rescue rangers it's this again very much a successor to roger rabbit where these animated characters are real and they're playing characters uh, in the movie so chip and dale are chipmunk friends that met moved to hollywood and star in it in a tv show called chip and dale rescue rangers uh and then you know obviously there's a falling out some things happen uh, and they get back together uh, in the current day because they need to be rescue rangers in real life. But it's a very interesting movie. It's not, if you're expecting rescue rangers like the TV show, it is not what you're going to get. It is if these characters you know, are in real life, um, which Angela, I know you didn't necessarily care for as much. I, 
I liked that. I thought it was an interesting take on it, the very meta take, but I know it kind of pulled you out of it, I think, to see them in this way. I hated it. Um, so let me just tell be, me what you really yeah, thought. I was say, let me be frank. So uh, I will save the redeeming quality about like, no, I'm not going to save it. Um, so the redeeming quality of this movie is just the number of cameos. But the issue with that for me is Ralph Breaks the Internet does it far better. There's tons of characters walking around in the backgrounds that you can find. And it definitely adds the rewatchability. And I can see that with this movie. I mean, there's tons of little things in this movie and you know you've seen it or if you don't really care like i'm not going to tell you anything that's too crazy but there are some really interesting little cameos or little nods to characters along the way so like whenever they're walking around there's little stars like the hollywood walk of fame one of them says squidward's name on it and it says a couple others but squidward um and then the part with the uncanny valley and you have the cats from cats the movie it's really funny and it has the weird you know early 2000s video game graphics that also is a really funny little nod and uh stan's i think it's stan i can't remember i'm pretty sure it's stan's dad from south park so um randy his name's randy from south park he shows up at one point and scruff mcgruff is in the police office so there's just a lot of really interesting cameos that they have they pull from a ton of different things and i know you probably want to talk about sonic so i'll let you go no that's i i want to talk about this for a second i mean you can get back to what you didn't you know care for in the movie but i do think it was amazing yeah. Just the number of characters in there and they weren't all Disney characters. So, right. you know, with with 20th Century Fox uh being in the Disney fold, that gave them access to a lot of additional characters. So they had the Simpsons in there. They had Alvin and the Chipmunks cuz that's a 20th Century Fox property. Oh, that's why. Okay. I want to say Cats is also a 20th Century Fox property, which is maybe how they were able to get uh, cats in there. I'm not 100% sure on that. But they went outside of Disney and, you know, in reading uh, interviews with the directors and the writers and everything, they made it a very deliberate point to include non-Disney characters because they wanted it they wanted it to feel inclusive of basically, you know, kind of all of the animation style over the past 40 years because you had 2D, you had hand-drawn, you had claymation, and and they wanted to kind of pull everything together. I do think and this is You've probably seen this on the internet, but I think the best one is, yeah, that they had Ugly Sonic on there, which I can't believe uh, they agreed to let them use that because I think they probably had to sell a lot of these places on, hey, we're not going to make fun of your characters. Like, we're just going to, you know, they're just going to pop up, you know, that, that way we can use them. But they, they used Ugly Sonic a lot. I think, you know, Sega uh, and everybody, they, I think they realized, hey, they kind of screwed up with the original version of Sonic. So I think they were in on the joke on this one. But I thought that was like a perfect addition to this movie. So I love that. And it very much was like, again, this Roger Rabbit where these characters are real. They're living in the real world with other people. And I thought that was was great. So I, I enjoyed it from that uh, aspect. Yeah. So um, first things, Cats was a universal okay. property. I thought, so I, I, I thought maybe there's a chance it was Fox, but okay, it was and, universal. And Paramount did Sonic. Sonic so right. they would have probably negotiated with them. Yeah, I was just I was surprised by how much Sonic popped up in it. I mean, it's not that he's a major character, but he definitely they come back to him. He he does he's not just like a throwaway. So that was kind of interesting. But the other thing that was great was when basically uh Seth Rogen plays a character 
uh, in this. He's like an like he's in the uncanny valley of like this weird computer animation. But then he runs into essentially every other animated character he's ever played. Yeah. So they have Pumbaa from the new Lion King, and he voices them all. Yes. And it's just funny to hear like four different Seth Rogen characters all talking to himself because he has a very distinctive voice. Yes, he and does. Then he laughs at each other. It's it's very funny. Yes, that, that that was pretty funny. Okay, so let me talk about something else I hated. Okay, so this is the thing I was talking I about think earlier. Hated is a strong no, word. No, hated. At hated. The end, hated. Loathed. Okay, but I think overall. Loathed. Though, overall, though, I know you didn't like the movie, but you were like, you know what? There were some I good was, parts I was to amused it. by it. Yeah, there we'll was get some, there. Yeah, I don't we'll want to say there. you hated the movie. No, yet. no, no. I hated this part pa- is what part. I said. Okay. Okay. I hated that they had Gadget, Hackwrench, and uh, Zipper the Fly had babies together i'm sorry insect mouse babies they no were, they were kind of odd. you cannot go there no that is so gross so that was just very weird and a weird choice and i don't know why they would have gone there i don't remember like again i don't remember rescue rangers i don't know if there was like a romance thing going on with the two of them well, was it the the tv show was fake that's the whole thing about this movie is the tv show is a tv I, show and there are real but, people uh, behind the scenes okay. on this well and th- now that we're on there this is why i hated it because it pulls back the curtain and basically makes all Disney characters actors and completely makes them like normal, very flawed beings. And it's just so against everything that I think Disney stands for. It's that fantasy. It's that, you know, this is the world that we've created and it's that world building. And this movie undoes all of that. It actually makes me like Chippendale less. And I love Chippendale. So I I, I think I think that like I would not show a kid this movie. I would not recommend this movie. And again, if you are looking for great cameos and movies, go watch Ralph Ralph Breaks the Internet. That one does it so much better. This movie, I don't it, the original concept for this movie being, you know, an origin story for the Rescue Rangers would have been far better, I think, and more on brand. I understand this is a free thing that came out on Disney Plus, but I think that you know, John Mulaney and, and Andy Samberg would have been, they're great voices. I think that they do a nice job. Um, the mix of animation plus like live action together pulled me out so many times, so much so that when I was listening to the characters talking, I was visualizing them in the recording studio doing the voices. And I don't ever do that. Like I could see it because I'm like, oh, that doesn't even look like the voice is matching up with the character very well. So, I mean, it was just so much pulling me out of the movie, uh, especially in the beginning. I started getting used to it and it being able to ignore it. But yeah. Yeah. A couple of things. I mean, one, I really liked the animation. I thought it, I thought it was really well done when they interacted with the real world. I thought there was a lot of examples where the 2D animation or the 3D animation interacting with real world objects, which isn't really something you see in kind of a animation live action blend. So I thought they did that really well. I do agree with you. It did kind of take you out of the movie a little bit. I think a lot for, of it for me, I think Andy Samberg was a good choice. I think John Mulaney, though, his voice is so distinctive. It was <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to picture him, like that voice coming from a chipmunk. And so okay. I think that was, he might not have been the best choice um, for Chip because I do think. He's almost d- too deadpan. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think, yeah, think you're right. I think, I think you're right. Andy Samberg, I think, was good. You, you could kind of buy that. But I think, yeah, Chip pulled you out a little bit. But I did like the, the mix of the animation. Uh, but a, a couple of things, uh, a couple of points I wanted to make, though. I, I do think, to your point, it's not really, not that it's not for children, but I, but I don't think that that is the target. So I think really the target audience is kids that grew up on 
rescue rangers in the 90s that are adults now that you know also probably saw who framed uh roger rabbit again it's kind of that successor to that that's kind of the blend because again the the magic of this movie and what i liked most about it is all the callbacks and the fan service and if you're not somebody that grew up with all of these things you're not really gonna you know catch all of that um and so again yeah if you're a young kid i mean a young kid can enjoy the movie, but you're not going to get as much out of it. I think it's a solid movie. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting. I don't think this is, you know, the greatest movie ever it's, made. It's a throwaway. Like it's, it's not something that people are gonna be like, Oh my God, I have to go back and watch this. Yeah. I, I don't want to say it's a throwaway, but yeah, it's not necessarily something Yeah, To your point that like I have to watch over and over again. I will say most surprising though, is I'm surprised that this movie even got made. Right. I think that's maybe the one benefit that has come out of this for me is the fact that this movie did get made because it it really did poke fun at itself and a lot of what Disney does and I think in it's not something Disney typically does where they are very self uh, referential like this uh, and and kind of self-deprecating uh, to this extent that I've seen before and maybe because it was going on Disney plus you know the stakes were a little bit lower and, you know, I think that this is maybe a good sign of the fact that they're willing to take some risks. Obviously, when you take risks, not everything yeah, works. It's, very po- it's polarizing. Yeah. I mean, and not everything's going to be, you know, a home run out of the park. But I think maybe this is a good sign that they'll take a little bit more risks on Disney Plus because they see it as a little bit more low stakes. And maybe the next one is the greatest thing we've ever seen. And it's <laughs> like, we're going to have to rewatch it. But I'm okay with you know, some things not working out perfectly. It's kind of the Netflix model. I mean, a lot of stuff on Netflix isn't great, but then every now and then you get a stranger things. And I think that's kind of what you have to play with here. So I think it's a solid movie. I didn't hate it like you did. I thought it was solid, but again, I don't think, you know, by any way it's, you know, a great movie. I don't think if this came out in theaters, it would do very well. I think this is perfect on Disney plus. And I think it's a good sign that again, they're willing to take some risks. Uh, and so that's how you get the opportunity to maybe get some great movies in the future. So going back to your point about it being kind of self-referential and making fun of itself, it was to the point though, I felt like in the movie that I was waiting for them to go into the utilidors and us to see like, characters taking their heads off i mean it was to that point where i was just like this is ruining the magic for me so much that it's just like i feel like you might as well just show me that overall though i mean i i do appreciate you know i would give this movie probably a c minus which actually i feel like is generous but i do think that for all the above reasons that i said you know obviously not an a or a b um but i do put it as high as a c because they try to do something creative and new. And, you know, I'm constantly on the show saying, you know, I want them to do something new. I want them to do something original. Don't just go back to what works. And I mean, this is a completely different concept. They've never, you know, conceived of their characters as actors as far as I've known before. So I I do think that that is an interesting concept. It's just something that, I don't know. I feel like it hasn't been done for a reason. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I feel like to that point exactly where it's, they, they took a risk on something more original. And I think for that reason... We need to support it to an extent of, hey, continue to try and not just pump out Pirates of the Caribbean 7, you know, <laughs> and, and things like that of, again, hey, maybe... I'm th- actually maybe- over here questioning whether they've had a, seven, a Pirates of the Caribbean 7. I think not. No, I think 7's I think, the next one. I think 7's the next one, but yeah. But, and, they're, and I think they're working on it. So I think to my point of, yeah, maybe it's not always going to work, but I think we still need to support it and be like, Hey, you tried, maybe you missed in some areas, but 
I think it's again, it's good if Disney if Disney sees this and is okay with trying some different things, I think long term it's going to be uh, beneficial for us all. Yeah, it's like you know the equivalent of when you have a kid, you know, with a a kid that he has a there's a tee ball on the tee and he he really like backs up to like you know swing and he misses it and completely whiffs and you pat him on the shoulder and you say, hey, good job, buddy, you'll get it next time. I feel like we need to do that for Disney with this a little bit. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Do you again, like the metaphor? I, 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 again, I mean, to your point, I think C minus isn't bad, especially when you started out with I hated it. So again, I think no. I think you warmed up to it a bit, but I would probably give it like a B, B minus, maybe. Oh, that's generous. Yeah, I mean, again, I I try not to be too hard because, again, I think the animation style. Whenever they try something new, it's so hard to make these movies. I think the fact that any movie gets successfully made, you should be kind of like not rewarded for it, but you should be applauded for it to an extent. So I don't want to be too hard uh, on it, but I think like a B minus is a solid rating. But I think that sometimes you're a little bit tainted by the fact that you are, you're impressed by just the movie making process. And you're right. I mean, it is impressive that they're able to get these animated characters to interact with real world things. But when I'm watching a movie, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just thinking about story, character, plot, um, you know, conflict all of had, the all of the things that are those. vital to the story and i just felt like this one pulled me so far out that i couldn't sink my teeth in to all of that i, th- stuff. I think that was the, the biggest problem because i think it had a solid uh plot and conflict it had some twists and turns i think yeah your point was i think the initial conceit of it what is what pulled you out of the fact that they're not these people they're people playing characters and i think that's what pulled you out i think if this was the exact same movie and they were just the rescue rangers going on kind of this same plot helping you know people like you know doing this you know doing this detective work i think you would have liked the movie a lot better so much more um and so i think that i think just that initial piece is is what changes so that's i do think it had a solid kind of story to it it was just kind of that initial conceit and is i think what kind of pulled you out a little bit i was if somebody knew that going in you know if somebody's listening to this right now and didn't know it maybe they will it'll be easier for them to digest now that they know it because maybe had I really realized that going in, I would have been able to kind of chewing chew on that and understand it before I got into it so that I wasn't so starkly like so definitively opposed to the idea of it. Definitely. All right. So that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. Let us know what you thought of the Rescue Rangers movie. Uh, send us a message on Facebook. We're Enchanted Ears over there. Or you can send us a message through our website, EnchantedEars.com slash podcast question. You can also use that to ask us a question uh, for a future episode. But definitely let us know what you thought of the movie. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.